details of my life are quite inconsequential. Read my lips. If you have sex, your penis will fall off and land in another dimension populated entirely by dogs who will eat it. Well, that's something I'd like to avoid. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I'm a paladin with 18 charisma and 97 hit points. I can use my helm of disintegration and do 1d4 damage as my half-elf mage wields his plus five holy avenger. And as president, I'm going to make it impossible for congressmen or lobbyists to slip pork barrel projects or corporate welfare into laws when no one's looking. Because when I'm president, meetings where laws are written will be more open to the public, no more secrecy. That's a commitment I make to you as president. The Michael Graff Show. It is my opinion he is a danger to himself and others and is in need of treatment. Some people are just too stubborn to know when to quit. And this guy just happens to be one of them. He's been beaten down repeatedly by God's practical jokes. He's been banished to the deepest, darkest corners of the internet. From somewhere in desert Urbania, this is Michael Groff in Exile. In exile, but still here. In spite of what uh, the media would like you to believe. No, we we did not experience a reenactment of 2012 yesterday here in Phoenix, but apparently close enough. Man. That was some storm yesterday. It was, uh, it was pretty outrageous. Wow. The, the uh, my my place of residence, my home is still standing. The uh, the neighborhood is still here. That we actually didn't even lose any trees in this particular neighborhood. There was quite a bit of wind, some rain. No, no. But luckily, the the media, the especially a couple of radio stations in particular, one that rhymes with KTAR, had a nice freakout fest on the air yesterday. Making it sound like we were all going to die. That was that was stellar. Channel 12 every second with the you're going to die. It was. I mean, we had a major storm. I should just let you know. We had a major storm yesterday. By the way, just welcome in. This is Michael Graff in Exile. It is Friday, January 22nd, 2010. Um, yesterday we had a, a real major storm come through the uh, the desert southwest, and kind of an un, a somewhat unusual phenomena around here. We had a tornado watch for most of the afternoon and evening here, and we even had a couple of tornado warnings that were issued last night. Um, out in Blythe, California, that a tornado touchdown did quite a bit of uh, damage to some homes out there. They had five semis overturned on the I-10 near Yuma. 
or north of Yuma, I should say, uh, uh, between, uh, well, right around Quartzsite, actually. So uh, it was, I mean, serious business and just sustained straight line winds that were over 60 miles an hour in some places. Northern Arizona got dumped on with over four feet of snow. You had avalanche warnings. You had flash flood watches and warnings that were going on. You had all kinds of weather conditions that were coming together. And like I said, tornadoes, uh, one uh, touchdown in the, um, up by Desert Ridge. Yeah, there was a, there was a tornado touchdown up there in, um, Scottsdale. So last night, that tornado warning that was in East Phoenix and Scottsdale, that was legit. I mean, there was a uh, tornado that did wind up touching down, be it rather briefly, but some very, uh, some interesting damage. But of course, here in Phoenix, when it rains, and anybody that has lived here for any kind of period of time will tell you this. Whenever it rains in Phoenix, it's wall-to-wall coverage on the news stations. And if you think I'm exaggerating, no, no, no. Anything more than a light drizzle will get coverage on the news. Now, wall-to-wall coverage was yesterday when, now admittedly, it was a strong storm system that moved through here, okay? This was not some pansy little... uh, isolated shower or thunderstorm producing kind of storm. This was this was something kind of major. But at the same time, I'll sum it up pretty simply. There was wind, there was rain, some people lost power, some trees were uprooted, some damage was done. That's and and, and yeah, okay, there was a tornado that touched down. A couple of them. Now, that does merit news coverage, and I, I certainly, a tornado warning is nothing to sneeze at, okay? It is it is something to be taken seriously, but at the same time, I mean, man, you listen to some of the coverage yesterday. Literally, KTAR in Phoenix, one of the local stations, one of the local news talk stations in Phoenix, KTAR literally devoted nine hours of wall-to-wall coverage to ask if it was raining where you were. I mean, that's pretty much what the, the kind of radio they were doing. It was... They had their normal afternoon hosts that were there for, I think, seven hours of this wall-to-wall coverage. And what they did was, and they they dumped the commercials. They, they didn't even play commercials, which uh, at least on that end, I'll come, I'll, I gotta give it up to you guys for doing that. But literally, the radio was like this. It was... Well, all right, we've got uh, we've got some another report coming in. This is our uh, twelve news meteorologist, uh, some dude I don't know, some douche on the phone. He's uh, he <laughs> he's our weather expert. This is our twelve news meteorologist. What's going on out there? All right, well, right now we've got uh, I'm looking at the radar. We got a lot of blue and green, uh, and, and okay, now we got we got some of the the stronger yellows and uh, the orange and the magentas. And the reds are starting to, to congregate out in uh, western Arizona. And uh, they'll be heading our way in the next couple of hours. But we can expect some wind gusts around 50 miles an hour and some rain. And it's raining right now. Really? it's ra- So it's raining is what you're trying to... It is raining. And uh, the, we're, we're, well, hold on a minute. Uh, hold, uh, hold on. Yeah, Yep, it is raining. All right. Now, what we're going to do is hold on. Uh, Sue in Avondale, uh, you say that you, you've you seen some of this. Yes, I've seen it. It's wrecked. It is raining. All right. Thank you. Um, now, look. Uh, well, okay. Well, hold on. Hold on. We're going to go to the uh, breaking news here in the KTAR News Center. Breaking news from News Talk 92.3 KTAR. Um, yeah, just this, some of this uh, breaking news just in. Uh, we have confirmed reports of 
water falling from the sky. It does appear to be water. Uh, at this point, we're, we thought, uh, we're, we weren't sure what it was. So now we're going to go back to our 12 News meteorologist. Yes, that's right. We got our 12 News meteorologist. He is on the phone. What's going on? God's crying. Okay, good. Uh, now, listen. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Breaking news. We got to activate. We're going to activate the emergency alert system now. Uh, what's going on? Well, uh, at this moment, we do have a, a tornado warning. Um, has one actually been spotted? No, but the National Weather Service issued a tornado warning. Oh, my God! Okay, um, look, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I have to tell you something. This is very serious news. We have a tornado. It could be six miles wide, just sweeping through downtown Phoenix right now. Uh, we, do, is, was that a, a bank building flying by? No, I think that was a bird. Oh my, okay. Whew. I thought, I was pretty sure, I was pretty sure the Chase Bank building just went flying by. Oh. All right, anyway, uh, look, folks, I, I don't, I don't want to over-dramatize this situation anymore, but we are all going to die. We are effed, all right? We are right up the butt, okay? I don't mind, you know what? I, I'm going to say it because this could be our last moment on the right up the ass. We're going to die. And God is going to give it to us in tornadic form. It's coming. It, it, it's, how, how wide is this thing? I think it's 20 miles wide. Uh, 20 miles wide. Uh, do we have con confirmation from that from our 12 News meteorologist? Uh, I don't believe it's 20. I don't even think there's a, uh, one other. Shut up. You're ruining it. All right. Anyway, uh, look, uh, this is what's going on, folks. I don't want to. I don't want to panic anybody. But a tornado is serious. If you if you hear anything that sounds, this is actually what they said on the on the air. Yeah. Oh hey, I'm tornado. I'm gonna sneak up on y'all. At one point on the radio, and I don't mean just to pick on these guys over at KTAR, but I mean, well, they could f themselves. They they didn't hire me. So anyway, um, literally, uh, I, one of the hosts goes. If you hear something that sounds like a freight train, and I'm not, I'm not, uh, I don't want to, I'm not making this up. If you hear something that sounds like a train coming, don't go out to take a look at it. It's best if you get to an interior room on the lowest floor of your house. And, and if you have a mattress or a pillow, something to protect your head, you know, do that. It's like, I think people understand the logistics of what a tornado is what it sounds like just because we don't get them here all too often uh, doesn't mean that people and then of course everybody this is what happens with every storm that hits phoenix this is the other thing that happens the host on the air goes you know i have to tell you i've been living here for 15 years and this is the worst storm i've ever seen and that's the standard line that anybody ever said then they get someone uh gus in sun city what's going on Sun City. I've lived in Phoenix now since 1906, and this was the worst storm categorically I've seen ever. And uh, I was just talking to Jesus uh, the other day. He said to me that this is the worst storm he's seen uh, ever as well. The 40 days and 40 nights, nothing. This is uh, categorically. That's what they all say. It's all, you know, <clears throat> this is the worst storm I've ever seen. It's unbelievable. Their storm coverage was <clears throat> every second they were breaking in with, they had breaking news. They would interrupt their breaking news with breaking news. And then they're, they're trying to analyze the Doppler. Meanwhile, they're still trying to do some radio shtick. 
in all this because they are afternoon guys after all on a news talk station. So since it is radio, you have to do some shtick. So at one point, <clears throat> one of the hosts goes, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to go up on the roof and, uh, and check it out. I got I to I gotta go up there. I got to check out how this wind is doing. So I'm going to go up on the roof and I'm going to, I'm going to check out the situation. Now, are you sure that's a safe idea? Are you sure that's a good idea to be doing that? You know what? I'm going to do it just because I am a public servant to, to the radio. Here at 7.07 and 38 seconds, I'm going to go. That's how he always tells the time, too. He always gives you the minutes and seconds. And he always does it a lot. Okay? He does that time check shtick a lot. You know, listen, here at 7.07, and he, he does it like this. It's very annoying. <clears throat> you know, uh, I'm going to do this for the for the KTAR listener here at 707 and 45 seconds, News Talk 92.3 KTAR. I'm going to go up on the roof and I am going to check this out. This is this is how I <clears throat> listen to this. I'm going to tell you this at seven at 708 and four seconds. I'm going to tell you exactly how I plan to serve you at 708 and 17 seconds. <laughs> I am going to go up on the roof and be hit by. What are we calling this? Rain. All right. This this stuff, we're just going to call it rain that's falling from the sky. Uh, I'm going to go out there and see how much of this rain hits me. And this wind, uh, I understand that wind is kind of like when you do that, except it's, it's like really there's a lot of it. It's like a bunch of people all going at once. Now, we've never seen any kind of weather aside from sunshine here in Phoenix. Uh, I mean, that's literally how they treated this yesterday, as if there's never been any other weather condition. Meanwhile, every summer we have we have severe thunderstorms. We have the, you know, the monsoon season. And uh, and so, yeah, but not in the winter, man. And then inevitably, the other the other pet peeve, it was like a confluence of pet peeves all coming together on the radio last night. Then... Not only are they doing Is It Raining Where You Are Radio, not only are they giving a storm, not only giving a little wind and rain way too much coverage, but then then the, the, perfect, the icing on the cake, the cherry on the icing on the cake of all of this was then, of course, you know, all right, well, uh, let's, let's go out to Lynn, who's calling from Mesa. You know, I moved to Arizona. I came down here for the warmth and for the sun. I expected 95 degrees and sun. And here it's windy and it's filthy. There's dust and mud and rain. And now I hear tornadoes. I don't, if I wanted tornadoes, I would have vacationed in Kansas. But no. I mean, that's... That's what they're doing. It was like, so uh, it was outrageous. It was, it was really, and then the TV people are just as bad. The TV people might even be worse, actually. They're out there and they're standing out. They're standing out. And again, I don't want to downplay it. I don't want to make it seem like nothing happened. But let's face it. It was a storm. It was a pretty bad one. Uh, there was some serious ramifications, especially if you were dumb enough to be out driving in it or, you know, if you, uh, if you happen to be over at that, that car auction they had over in Scottsdale where a tent got blown down, a couple of those, that's also not a good place to be. If, you, if you're at an area where you're under a bunch of tents and the wind starts picking up, better leave. Because no matter how well a tent is secured, chances are if the wind gets strong enough, that tent ain't sticking around. 
So these TV reporters, they're out there and they have their umbrellas and they go, you know, it's like the anchor dude in the studio, like, uh, I'm Jim Anchorman. And now let's uh, go out to mandatory uh, douchebag field reporter. So they go out to some dude who's out there. Yeah, um, that's right. I'm, uh, I'm out here. I don't know if you can hear, but I am. Uh, you can hear some of the rain is, uh, is hitting the microphones. Uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to keep. Whoa, 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 boy. That was that might have been a 35, 40 mile an hour wind gust. You just saw it. There it was. Uh, anyway, I'm out here at, uh, at, at 44th Street in McDowell. And uh, let me tell you something. Normally, these streets are filled with the crossfire of bullets and the pitter-patter of little gang member feet. But uh, today, all you're getting is hail. We've got uh, torrential rains. We've got lightning. We've got a... I think that was a tornado. I think that was the bank building that we talked about earlier. It just went flying by. That was a bird. Okay, well, whatever. It was a bird. It was a plane. Who knows? Anyway, I'm out here at... You know what? It's actually not that bad. You now that I think about it, it's just raining a little bit. Hey, back to you guys. Well, that wasn't very dramatic. No, they try to. Yeah, they they try to they try to make that as dramatic. Uh, very dramatic pictures. Very dramatic. They they have the the fancy imaging. Storm team coverage from Fox Ten. It's it's way over the top. It's just way too much for me. It's, you know, and then of course, if I'm going to call out one radio station on the air, then I'm going to call out another. So you had two extremes in the coverage. So you had one station, we had one uh, radio station that was so extreme in their coverage. It was wall to wall. They were panicking people. It was like sitting there. It literally was as if it was Armageddon. It was judgment day at any moment. And some of God's soldiers will be coming down and taking those who have been raptured. You will be disappearing shortly. The rest of you will be left here in purgatory. I believe that's how that's supposed to go. Enjoy the ride. Meanwhile, the other station, another station, the other major news talk station in Phoenix, uh, KFYI. If you were looking for any kind of coverage whatsoever, uh, you should not have tuned there. Like on the on the half hour and on the hour, they did their t- their news and they're like, you know, uh, 550 KFYI news, major storm hits Arizona. We're under a tornado watch till 10 p.m. Now back to Michael Savage. This is the Savage Nation. And by the way, it's a show that's on tape delay from like, so you're hearing a show that's coming out of a can from like five hours ago and the dude lives in San Francisco or someplace and, you know, he's just doing his politics as usual. You know, I got to tell you, this uh, this this Barack uh, Hussein Obama, uh, this guy, this, this, this tool, this yutz, you know, I don't want to talk about it. I want to talk about a recipe for uh, for this. Uh, I, I made this these meatballs the other day, and they was something phenomenal. These meatballs, and uh, you know, you know, I want to do. Hold on a second, though. Uh, you know, he's doing that kind of shtick. He's doing his whatever show where he gets sick of talking about politics, and then so in the middle of of a political rant, he'll just go. You know, I want to talk about how to make. Uh, <laughs> I want to talk about how to make this kill a minestrone. So it's as if 
a tornado may have very well touched down in Scott. Well, did according to the, anyway, a tornado touched down in Scottsdale. You would not have known it listening to KFYI. I don't even know if they interrupted Michael Savage for the EAS broadcast. Probably not. It's very important that you let a tape delayed show go over the. See, why can't we have a station that's kind of down the middle? Like, okay, the world isn't ending. But at the same time, there is important information that should be passed along, and we probably should pass it along to you, you know, now. I mean, sorry that the tornado couldn't be more convenient and happen at 8.30, you know, at the top or bottom of the hour when you just happen to be doing a newscast. And I think those newscasts after 7 p.m. there, I, I think they're all pre-recorded anyway. I think the person just sits there kind of and, and records them at like, you know, 15 past, and it's just like, yeah, I've got it pretty easy. I mean, unless like World War Three breaks out, I'm, I don't really have to do anything. What about if a tornado? T- eh, you know, maybe I'll flip the EAS, EAS switch on, but then, I don't know, then the spots don't play and then the advertisers get mad. Well, couldn't you just make up those spots? Nah, no, no, no. Nah, because then I'd have to like, I'd have to do, I'd have to redo the log and I don't want to do that. So, I mean, uh, I don't know. Hey, is that a bank building that just went by? Oh, well, whatever. Oh, it was a bird. So that was uh, yesterday's storm. And it was it was a pretty bad one. Uh, some places, uh, about 20,000 customers lost power in the Phoenix area. You had um, around the state, again, five feet of snow in some places. Flagstaff got a couple of feet of snow. There were avalanche warnings. Uh, they closed I-40 and I-17. He had flooding in uh, Oak Creek Canyon. Uh, in fact, Flagstaff, it's still pretty much impossible to get in or out of Flagstaff. Uh, I-40 from Kingman to Winslow is still closed. And I-17 uh, going south uh, from Flagstaff to like down to Sedona. No, that's all closed. You can Well, no, they had to close because they closed it because of the flooding that was going on. Uh, in the Sedona area, the, in like Oak Creek Canyon, you know, now they're expecting, um, well, last night they were expecting uh, about a, they, it was possible to have at least a four foot wall of water coming down the canyon there. And of course, there were mudslides all over the place on State Route 87. On I- If you're not from Arizona, you're not really familiar with any of these places, but I'm just telling you, the state got hammered. So it's not to take the storm totally lightly and just dismiss it as, oh, it rained a little bit. But... But yeah, but that, yeah, KFYI, as far as KFYI was concerned, uh, we had a tornado watch and it rained a little bit and that was it. Yeah, like they're observing, they're like, like literally there could have been a tornado at the airport and they would have just done it like this, like for their weather. They would, All right, the forecast for tonight, tornado watch till 10. Uh, right now it's uh, cloudy. Oh, there's a tornado at the airport and it's 55 degrees. When news breaks, we're on one. 550 KFYI. You know, that's... That's pretty much how uh, they handled it. So it was like, I, I, I really was. It was a Twilight Zone kind of experience last night. <laughs> really, it was. All right. Well, whatever. So I'm just, I, that's how they cover storms around here. Anybody that comes here from the East Coast where they have, you know, these, this kind of stuff more frequently, um, especially if you come from a place where you've had hurricane coverage. Now, they... They'll do wall-to-wall hurricane coverage in places like Miami or Orlando or, you know. And that makes sense because it's a hurricane. But a cold front coming through. And mind you, again, a powerful system. 
Don't, I'm not trying to dismiss it. You know, some, uh, there was a couple of people that have died from this storm. Uh, somebody got swept away in a current. Somebody else uh, got crushed in an avalanche. Well, that person isn't considered dead yet, but, uh, uh, you know, just to the family member, if, if anybody from their family happens to be listening, yeah, dead. What? Don't look at me like that. I'm telling you. Seriously, though, um, it's it's bad. So I don't want to totally dismiss it. It's just uh, let's not let's not overblow the coverage next time, guys. Could we maybe just slack off a little bit, back off a little bit? And it's okay to play commercials. It really is. It's okay. You can do it. Nobody's going to have a fit. All right, so uh, Scott Brown won uh, New Hampshire. You know, we didn't do a, a show the other day, so I just want to kind of uh, follow up on some of the comments from this. Um, Scott Brown, uh, the big upset. It wasn't, I mean, we, we called that on Tuesday night when we were sitting here doing the show. Uh, Scott Brown pretty easily overtook the... Um, state of Massachusetts and this isn't a situation where you know there's lots of analysis where some say ah oh, Republicans uh, somehow managed to take the state of Massachusetts let's face it Democrats outnumber Republicans three to one in the state if Democrats wanted to vote for Mark the Martha Coakley there wasn't anything that the Republicans could have done to stop it but they rejected her. They rejected her arrogance. They rejected the crap that she, the fact that she ran a crap campaign. They rejected uh, this idea that, well, really what it was is that it was a mandate on Obama. And it was a mandate on the Democrats. It was a mandate on how things have been going so far. And if you don't think that that's the case, well, then that's just arrogance on your part. That's ignoring what the people of Massachusetts said. And that's the thing that really needs to be held uh, to the uh, to the highest regard here is what the people said the comments that they attached to their votes as it were if you ask people that said that they voted for scott brown you know what they're going to tell you they're going to say i voted because you know i'm i'm really sick of the way things are going i'm not happy with what i'm seeing i'm voting for something different this is sort of the whole change argument again except it's not being manufactured by the candidate it's being generated by the people the people are saying we want change we want something different they saw martha coakley as the same old same old and they're seeing obama now as the same old same old they're seeing him as not the hope and change guy. They're seeing him as the same old, same old. That's what the people of Massachusetts are saying. This isn't what Michael Groff is saying now. This is what the people have said, and this is how the people have voted. And what's fascinating about this is that the Democrats, they could use this as a, as a real red flag, and they could say, okay, look, we're in trouble. It's January of 2010. We've got the midterm elections coming up. 435 House seats are up for grabs and about a third of the Senate. We not only could lose our supermajority, we could lose our majority altogether. We could really get our asses kicked here. So we might want to rethink how we're approaching this health care bill. We might want to rethink what we're doing about national security. We might want to rethink our entire strategy here. No, they're not doing that at all. In fact... They have used this not as a mandate. They've used this as the justification to reinforce how they are presenting the health care bill. 
The people have said, we're not interested in the health care bill the way it's being presented. We don't want to vote for anybody that's going to be for that. We're not going to vote for anybody that's going to put uh, this this crap with the public option or whatever you're going to put in there where we, we're, we're going to get fined if we don't have an insurance plan. We don't want that. We don't want our government selling out to the pharmaceutical companies. We don't want them selling out to insurance companies, but we sure as hell don't want them to grow the size of government to create some plan that's just nothing more than a crappy HMO. We don't want that either. So we're, we're telling you, do something better. And you know what the Democrats are saying? The Democrats are saying, that's not what you really want. You really want this health care bill. You really want this public option. The people are saying we don't want it. And the Democrats are using this as an opportunity to reaffirm, to just smash it in harder, to drive the point in harder. You know, it's like it's like you, you, you ask somebody out on a date and they say no. And then all you do, you just you're like, nah, you really want me. And you just and instead, instead of sending a dozen roses to their house, you send an entire friggin flower farm to their house. All right, I got a truckload of flowers here. Oh, I told the asshole no. Well, uh, he, he bought you a car also. Um, in fact, he paid off your mortgage. Um, he's out here. He's got, he's, he's got a ring. Um, that's what the Democrats are doing. They're saying, all right, well, you may have said no, but you really meant yes. No means yes, and we know that. And we're just going to do what's best for you anyway because we're the Democrats, we're the government, we know. But they're not listening to the people. This is the problem. See, the Republicans made this very unfortunate mistake also. The people were saying, we're tired of you spending like the Democrats did. We're tired of you uh, with, with the spending. We thought you were going to be fiscally responsible. Democrats... Uh, had the rap of being tax and spend. But then the Republicans got in there from 1994 to 2006. And guess what they did? Every year except one, they couldn't even come up with a balanced budget. So we spent and spent and spent. And then with the, uh, with the um, yeah, there were tax cuts and that helped out a lot. And people liked the tax cuts. But the problem is tax cuts are great, but that doesn't mean, oh, well, we cut taxes, so now we get to spend more. That's not how it works. You don't just get to uh, appropriate more money into the budget, and then it's pork barrel spending and it's special interest, and people got sick of the Republicans for this. So they said, all right, you don't want to listen to us? We'll vote in the Democrats. Yeah, so that's what happened. And now they're saying, hey, you're not listening to us either. So I think what's going to happen, and I, I think this is, I, I hope this is what happens too, and that is that people are tired of the incumbents. And they're just going to go ahead and they're going to take all these incumbents and they're going to toss them right on out. They're going to say, see ya, incumbents. They're going to be out of here. And I think uh, if you're an incumbent right now, here on January 22nd, 2010, I think you ought to start really getting scared. And I think maybe if you want to keep your job, the best idea for you would be to distance yourself from this entire mess. And you'd better go out, start talking to the people, start shaking some hands, start kissing some babies, uh, start doing whatever it is you need to do to make sure that the people understand that, yeah, you're going to really do something positive here uh, in the next couple of uh, years, 
so that you don't get tossed out of office because right now incumbents, the Q rating, not so good. You look at the congressional approval rating overall and it's it's in the toilet. If you look by party, it's pretty bad too. But I'm just looking at the overall number. It's it's sad. It's very sad. That's what's happened to our Congress. All right, well, that's, uh, that's okay. Now, we've got a lot of other stuff I want to get into on the show here. We've got to take a, a, a quick break, but I figure I would mention, um, let's see. Got to do the Michael Graff Show stupid news file. There's a couple of uh, great pieces of news in here, including... We have a, uh, well, just what we needed, an all-white basketball league. Yes, this isn't something that's being started by the Aryan Nation or the Ku Klux Klan, but uh, you get to guess what state it's in. Oh, this, that's, always, that's always the fun thing. Guess what state the all-white basketball associations in. This is, um, it's, not, it's not called the all-white basketball association, but it is... It's uh, the it says for whites only and uh, and by whites only they mean they're they're serious about this. You have to have been born. Uh, you both both of your parents must be natural born citizens of the United States. Caucasian. You must be Caucasian. I wonder if they'll take adopted kids. I guess they will as long as they got to be white. So guess what state that's in? A very tolerant place. I have to tell you, it's uh, really it's about the first state I thought of when I heard the story. If you can believe it. All right, so that's coming up. Uh, we've got some other random stuff. Oh, I got to do uh, football picks for the weekend. We've got two big games. It's conference championship time. Vikings, Saints, Jets, Colts. Big stuff coming up there. And a whole lot more. Got to do the pop chart. Going to take a look at the top 10 songs in the world of pop for the week are any of them worth listening to we'll explore that and more it's Michael Groff in exile coming right back Number two, Michael Graff in exile for a Friday, January 22nd, 2010. You want to contact the program, that's cool. Mike at KMGX.com, the email address. 
It's Mike at KMGX.com. For more instantaneous results, you can always send me a message on AOL Instant Messenger, the screen name, Michael Grav Show. Of course, there's always the... Uh, as always, our IRC channel, EFNet IRC, the channel Net Radio. And of course, all the contact information and a whole hell of a lot more found at the one, the only, michaelgroff.com. All right. So, I, I saw this. I, I couldn't even believe it. But then I saw what state it was coming from. And then it, it all kind of added up pretty quickly. So, there's a new basketball. So, there's a new, as they're calling it, a professional basketball league they want to start up. Uh, I don't know how far, how much play this is going to get, really. But uh, they're they're hoping to get some pub going, some... Some interest generated. It's a new basketball uh, league that was announced this week. Uh, it's being started by former pro wrestler Don Moose Lewis. I have no idea who that is. The Augusta Chronicle reported on Tuesday that the All-American Basketball Alliance plans to kick off its inaugural season in June and hopes that August will be uh, or sorry, hopes that Augusta will have uh, one of the twelve cities that will be a, a, a part of the uh, of the league. So here's what they want. According to a press release, according to a press release uh, that was sent out to the Augusta media, quotes only players that are natural born. United States citizens with both parents of Caucasian race are eligible to play in the league. That's right. Lewis, who calls himself the commissioner of the AABA, will exclude blacks and all foreigners from his new league. Newspaper said that the uh, league will be based out of Atlanta. Now, according to the Chronicle, Lewis said that he wants to emphasize fundamental basketball instead of street ball played by people of color. <laughs> this can't be for real. Quote, <clears throat> there's nothing, this is, this is his quote, there's nothing hatred about what we're doing, Lewis told the paper. Quote, I don't hate anyone of color. No, I don't. No, the key is I don't hate anyone of color. I just hate everyone of color. There's a difference. Lewis pointed out recent um, incidents in the NBA, including Gilbert Arena's suspension for bringing a gun into the Washington Wizards locker room and said, quote, would you want to go to the game and worry about a player flipping you off or attacking you in the stands or grabbing their crotch? But as Lewis, a former promoter of uh, the International Wrestling Union, which I've never heard of, serious about this plan for such an exclusionary league, which uh, he hopes will have a dozen teams in a dozen southeastern cities such as Augusta, Albany, and of course, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Is he serious about this? 
The AABA apparently has no website. And efforts early uh, Thursday to reach Lewis through his telephone number listed on the league's press release were unsuccessful. Maybe somebody put this out as a joke, but... Yeah, it's like, I got me... It's a, it's called the Bigot League. I mean, why not just call it that? The No Blacks League. The No Blacks... We can call it the NBA, the No Blacks Association. <laughs> of course, we already have that. It's called the KKK. It's the Ku Klux Basketball Clan. Yeah. Quote, I am a sports enthusiast myself, but I just don't think uh, the idea is going to fly in Augusta, Georgia, according to Augusta Mayor uh, Deke, Deep Copenhaver. Well, Mayor Deke says it's not going to happen, so uh, you, you probably should take that one to the bank. And here's uh, another accomplishment that somebody should be proud of. A British woman was celebrating Friday after entering the world record books for the biggest collection of Pokemon memorabilia. Wow. Lisa Courtney, 21, from Hertfordshire near London, uh, has amassed 12,113 different Pokemon items in over 13 years. The collection includes hundreds of cuddly Pokemon dolls as well as all of the other memorabilia associated with the brand. Her devotion to the Japanese character has left her a virgin and probably 573 pounds. Now, actually, her devotion to the Japanese characters uh, earned her a place in the Guinness Book of World Records 2010 Gamers Edition. Pokemon, short for Pocket Monsters, are characters in a video game launched in Japanese uh, by the Nintendo Company in 1996. The game, which involves players collecting and training Pokemon for battles with other players, has spawned uh, blah, 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 blah. In a statement released uh, by Guinness, Courtney said, quote, To be in the new Guinness edition, to be in the new gamers edition, and to hold... Uh, a world record for something that you feel so passionate about is just an indescribable feeling. Yeah, what a... You know, I think that's exactly... You could actually use that exact statement right there, except you could substitute... Like, I'm sure the last guy that, that went into... Uh, that, went in, that got the Nobel Prize for chemistry, for example, I bet he said, quote... To receive the Nobel Prize for chemistry and to hold a world uh, accomplishment for something you feel so passionate about is just an indescribable feeling. Pretty much, you just have to substitute like a couple of words, and that's what a Nobel Prize winner would say. Except the difference here is, you're collecting Pokemon! There's, I wish there was a picture of this woman. Well, she's British, so we know that she already has screwed up teeth, so she's got organ grinders in there. We know that. But, man, uh, I mean, what's the... Okay, we're, we're going to set the over-under on pounds at 425. Any takers? Want to go with the over? Anybody? Anybody think that she's thinner than that? There's no way. She is only 21 years old. 
I've been collecting Pokemon since I was nine years old. And I have to tell you right now that it is a great accomplishment getting in the Guinness Book of World Records. I know I'm retarded, but it's okay. I've got... My mummy thinks it's great. I've got over 12,113 different Pokemon items. I've got a Pokemon dildo, which is the only thing I'm ever going to have sex with, probably. I've got Pokemon underwears, underoos, I've got... <laughs> I've got... I don't... I don't need a man, I've got Pokemon. <laughs> Quote, my family have been incredibly supportive. I'm going to... Okay, quote, my family have been incredibly supportive considering the collection takes up the whole house, including my mother's room. Oh, she, I'm, I've never, I've never named the room where my main collection resides, uh, but, uh, oh no, she's, she's named. I guess now she has. She's named her room where the Pokemon collection was. Okay, she calls it, quote, the Pokemon Center Europe. Sure. Center spelled uh, R-E because, you know, she's British and that's that's being edgy over there, you know. I call it Pokemon Center Europe. That's wonderful. I'm so... I'm glad, you know, in, with all the tragedy that's gone on with Haiti and then there's aftershocks and you had the Indonesia uh, tsunami, you had uh, Katrina that hit New Orleans, you've had a lot of great uh, struggles around the world the last few years, but at least you've amassed a great big Pokemon collection, which I think is helping humanity out a lot. I think that's good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, it's, I think it's wonderful that you're wasting your life and apparently uh, wasting your mother's life as well. Wasting an entire uh, beautiful home with Pokemon crap. Well, Got to catch them all, I guess. Courtney, who is... Oh, well, this... The next... Jeff, the next sentence in this story is going to be... I, I, well, you are sitting down, so... But grab onto that table, okay? Just... All right, here we go. Courtney... Well, not single, but you're close. Courtney, who is currently unemployed, <laughs> is still collecting and has visited Japan five times. She is planning another trip this year. Wii Sports is also included in the latest edition as the biggest uh, selling video game, blah, blah, blah. Yes, yeah, so, so it's... Uh, She's she's got video games. She's got the whole collection. Anything that's Pokemon related, she has. Whether it's cards, video games, um, toys, poster. poster, yeah, anything that's Pokemon related, she has it. Wow. One thing she doesn't have a man. Can you imagine somebody's? Well, if you're going to... I'll move into your house or everything, but, you know, you're going to take me Pokemon stuff, too. It's all going in the garbage. You get to keep one thing. No. No, one thing. That's it. Like, uh, 
it, it, it just, it makes me, I'm just sitting here, I'm scratching my head. I'm, I'm really, I'm trying to th- wrap my head around the concept of somebody being that much of a loser. But ladies and gentlemen, we've found it for 2010. This is the loser of the year so far. Now we're only 22 days into the year, but this is the loser of the year. That's a new feature we really should get started. Loser of the year. She wins. Yeah, you could have well. You could have loser of the month, and uh, and the winner is uh, ironically the winner or the loser, however you want to look at it, is uh, is this woman. And um, <clears throat> here we have another. This is one of those. This this is going to be an interesting um, court case. I have a feeling. Check this one out, Jeff. Your social networking chit chat could have an impact on your credit, specifically whether banks think you're worthy of a loan. Check it out. Uh, creditors are checking out what you post on your Facebook and Twitter accounts. They're checking out who your friends are and who the people are in your networks. The presumption is that if your friends are responsible credit card holders and pay their bills on time, you could be a good credit customer according to creditcards.com. A company called San Fran let's see a company a company called San Francisco based company okay I'm gonna I'm gonna reword the sentence so it makes more sense somebody uh, called the San Francisco based company Rapleaf monitors people tweet or post on Facebook and companies um, call uh, that do what's called social graph and they, they take your likes, your dislikes, your strengths, your weaknesses. Lenders say that having a wide network of friends can, can expedite getting a loan. Well, discrepancies between your loan application and your Facebook, uh, this, uh, things that are posted on your wall, for example, on Facebook, that information can raise red flags. Negative comments about your business also can impact your credit worthiness. That's, I listen, you can't, well, I'll, I'll get through the rest. <clears throat> Joel Jewett, vice president of uh, business development for Rapleaf, says that creditors aren't accessing the credit reports of your online friends and they aren't using the data to find reasons to reject customers. <clears throat> but um, lenders say that they are using the information for marketing purposes to find out what you may like based on what your friends like. The idea of data mining beyond your credit scores raised uh, privacy concerns. Some consumer advocates say that people may not realize how important their privacy settings are. You may want to check uh, the your profiles, blah, 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 blah. And of course, you want to remember... Um, that what you post is public. Well, okay. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna run through this very quickly. Now, technically speaking, a bank doesn't have to loan you anything. Okay, a bank. It doesn't matter if you have a credit score of 900. A, a bank doesn't have to loan you any money. They're not obligated to do so. Uh, a bank is just like any other business. They have a fiduciary responsibility to the shareholders and therefore they do not have to loan you a dime. That said, 
their decision on whether or not to loan you a dime should have nothing to do with your Facebook account. And if they say that it does, well, I don't, I, I honestly, now I, I understand I'm not uh, an attorney. I don't even necessarily consider myself an expert in law. I would just say that if they actually told you that, that's probably grounds for a suit. I don't know what your damages really would be, and I don't even know what kind of a, a suit you'd get out of it. I don't know what you could possibly really say except for, hey, that's BS. WTF, mate. You know, aside from that, I don't really know what you would say, but uh, it, it, it's wrong. And it, it, But on the other hand, I will say this just goes to show you that be careful what you put online. Be careful what you post. Be careful what you write because anybody can see it. It's permanent. It's always going to be there. So it is something to consider. Man, how would you like that, though? Yeah, some some loan officer calls you back and they go, yeah, you know that uh, that account that we were going to give you, that uh, we were going to give you that $20,000 business, small business loan, but... You know, you uh, put a sad face on your on your wall today. You said that you were feeling depressed. I don't know. That doesn't. So you sound like kind of risky, and you sound like your your personality maybe a little out of control. Kind of tell you based on that, uh, based on on the fact that you like the movie Get Shorty, uh, and based on the fact that your favorite song is Fireflies by Owl City. We're not really interested in uh, in loaning to you at this time. We just don't feel, we feel you're too much of a loan risk. Sorry. Can you imagine that happens? And you know, somebody is going to sue about that. Somebody is going to bring that to a court near you at some point. And in a way, I almost can't blame them. Not even for the privacy issue, but just because it just seems so asinine. That's going to be a case, and I'm predicting that right now. This is going to be a case if somebody gets rejected for a loan or if somebody is uh, viewed a bad credit risk because you look up somebody's Facebook picture and you don't like their picture or you don't like what they've written on their wall or whatever the case, that's going to be one of those things that gets challenged. It goes, to, uh, it goes to a higher court. It goes to an appeals court. It goes to a state Supreme Court. It may even wind up in the United States Supreme Court. I wouldn't be surprised. And once again, not only would I not be surprised, but I'd almost have to say, hmm, maybe there's actually some, some merit to it. Again, bank's not obligated to lend you money. Bank doesn't have to shell out money to you, but I know it kind of seems to me like if they don't, for that reason, that's kind of a... a what would you say? A spurious reason? That's kind of a, um, well, it's an effed up reason. It's the bottom line. All right. Got to take a break. We, uh, we've got to get into this a little bit more. Um, we've got, we've got a lot of stuff still to cover. I've got to go through the NFL picks. I've also got to get you a look at the pop chart. We've had some movement on that. Believe it or not. People love the pop chart segment for some reason. Can't say is that blind. It's a it's a great segment.
Maybe in some listener comments we got to get to. It's Michael Groff in exile for a Friday. And we'll be back. of Michael Graff in Exile for a Friday, January 10th, Gen 10th, January 22nd, 2010, or January 10th, 2022. Why not? We'll just go 12 years into the future. Why not? It's sure. It's been a long day. So tonight is the final night of the Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien. This is it. Tonight, then it's all over for him. And then Jay Leno, he's going to take the show back over on uh, March 1st. And then Conan is released from his contract uh, from NBC on September 1st. So after September 1st, Conan can go and do whatever the hell he wants with probably Fox. And he's really sticking it to NBC on his way out the door. Good for him. We've kind of gone through the whole late night warfare thing. I think it's fascinating myself. I, I, I like it. It's actually made for compelling television on late nights now. It's actually made it so all of these guys are kind of slamming each other and everybody's got something to say. David Letterman is piping up about Jay Leno. Basically, everybody's piling on Jay Leno. As it turns out, yeah, everybody kind of thinks he's a douche. Conan thinks he's a douche. Jimmy Kimmel thinks he's a major douche. Now we know what Dave Letterman thinks of him. He thinks he sucks. And then other people that have been guests on the show, they're all piling on everybody. And the the it's it's gotten so bad for Jay, actually, that Dick Ebersol, who is working at NBC, he was the executive producer for football over there. And I, I don't know, he's sort of the hatchet man for the for the network now. He's coming out saying, oh, well, look, uh, Conan, you know, he's a nice guy and everything, but he just wasn't getting the job done. He sucked, underperformed. Yeah, that's so what on the way out the door, they're trying to make Conan look like a failure and that this is all his fault. Everything that happened here is his fault, which it really isn't. They guaranteed him this job in The Tonight Show. And look, I'm not going to feel bad for a guy that's walking out. He. His buyout on his contract, he's getting 33 million bucks. He's getting 33 million to leave. And then his staff, they're taking uh, his staff and 
dividing up 12 million bucks among the staff. People are getting some nice severance packages on their way out the door. All right. I guess um, it's about that time of the week. Now, one of two ways we could go here. One of two ways we could go. We could either go with the pop chart or we could go with the uh, the NFL picks. I'm not exactly sure. I didn't really have it uh, planned out to that extent. So I think we might as well just do it now. We might as well get the NFL picks out of the way. Because for me, these have been kind of difficult. I've really given this some thought. And I told you at the beginning of the week I wasn't ready to make my uh, make my pick known just yet. I think we all know which way I was sort of leaning, what direction I was going to go potentially, but let's do it. Conference championship time in the National Football League. If you run up the score, it's apparently not classy. Well, I say screw being classy. Especially against the Dallas Cowboys. All right. First on the agenda. We have got the New York Jets. This would be the uh, 3 p.m. Eastern time game on Sunday. New York Jets heading in Indy to take on the Colts. Jets are plus seven and a half in this game. They are getting the big time underdog status here. Seven and a hook. If you want to take them on the money line, just straight up to win, plus 280. In other words, you lay down 100 smacks, you get 280 if they win straight up. Or you can take the 7.5 points at even money. Um, this game to me, it, it comes down to this. And I've, I've been thinking about this game all week. And, and I've really teetered back and forth on this. Part of me just said, look, uh, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning is just, he's so good. And he has... We all know the story of this game. This is this is sort of the rematch game from week 15 where the Colts sort of, they, well, for lack of a better term, they laid down and they let the Jets win. They didn't really care about history. They didn't really care about going 16-0. and It was quite obvious. That pissed off some of their fans. It pissed off some of the people. They, they say the, the football gods are mad at them. And uh, who knows, but... All I know is <clears throat> that I think had the Colts stayed in there with Peyton Manning, had they continued to just play out the rest of that game, I'm pretty sure that the Colts would have won as they are the better team. But right now it's all about who's playing better. And if you look at the Jets, they have had two excellent defensive games. Uh, they held the vaunted Charger offense to just 14 points. And and really, that last touchdown came toward the end of the game. Almost doesn't even count. 
and the Bengals were completely ineffective uh, against uh, the Jets as well. Now, Mark Sanchez is at quarterback, and that's certainly a concern because, uh, to me, Sanchez, he's one of those quarterbacks that, as they like to say, manages the game. And what that means is when you, whenever you hear a quarterback described as somebody that manages the game, it means they're not very good. Quite frankly, it means they suck. But it means that they put them, <clears throat> they put them out there and they just say, look, don't screw it up for us. We're going to go out and play great defense. When you get the ball, just try not to screw up. Don't throw it into double coverage, triple coverage. Uh, you know, know when to take a sack. Know when to eat the ball. No one to hold them, no one to fold them, no one to throw the ball away. So, you know what? I think the Colts probably wind up winning this game, but I think it's going to be a close one. So I'm going to take the Jets at plus seven and a half. Probably like the Colts to win straight up, but I think the Jets cover the seven and a half. So... Again, for those of you that aren't really familiar with gambling parlance, if I'm taking the Jets at plus seven and a half, that means I'm picking them to either win or if they lose, they're going to lose by seven and a half points or less. So that's where I'm going with that pick. And then, of course, <clears throat> as if it gets um, as if it gets any easier, actually, to me, this this pick's a no-brainer, but. Then at uh, 6.40 Eastern Time, that's 4.40 for us uh, schlubs here in the Mountain Standard Time Zone. My Minnesota Vikings. Heading down to the Big Easy to take on Drew Brees and the overrated Saints. And all we're going to hear about is, oh, God, it's the Saints in this magical city that's rebounded from Hurricane Katrina. And we're going to bring residents who have, I lived to Hurricane Katrina. I stayed here, Ray Nagin. He didn't provide me with the buzzes. We're going to just hear the Katrina. It's going to be the Katrina, the city of New Orleans and the ravaged by Katrina story versus Brett Favre. Could this be Brett Favre's final game? God, if I hear... I, I, it's two storylines I could not possibly tolerate at all. It, they both make me sick. Just play the damn game. One of these two teams has to go to the Super Bowl. So for two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl, we're either going to hear about Brett Favre. This could be his final Super Bowl appearance. Brett Favre, Brett Favre. Or we're going to hear... Really, America is behind the New Orleans Saints. We're all Saints fans at heart. After seeing what happened to the city from the beating, the savage, the, the, just the horrible nature of global warming and uh, Hurricane Katrina, and to see what these people have gone through and where they've been and the rebound that they've made. It's truly electrifying to see this. You're interrupted. This is, did you, did you know what kind of brilliant moment this is for television? Do you have any idea? All this. What I was saying, though, is that it's, it's fairly analogous to the Hades. It, it is. It, listen. 
To root for the Saints, you're rooting for Haiti. It's the New Orleans Port-au-Prince Saints. Why couldn't an earthquake and hurricane have hit New Orleans? Then really everybody. This The Saints aren't just America's team. They're the world's team. Because they they know what it's like to go through these disasters. And yet, here they are, a resounding people. We're talking about, and it's, it's, a, it's a poor uh, city, 70% African-American. Not saying that, you know, African-Americans are poor or anything. I'm not. I, what are you saying, man? Hey, look, 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 dude. I, I, hey, who you calling, dude? My name's Tyrone. Shut up. And it, and it, okay, now look, I'm just saying that you, you, you people. You people? You saying you people? Now what do you mean by you people? What, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, is that folks. You mean folks? Now hold on a second here. You say, now what I'm saying is, is that, is that, what I'm saying is, is that, ne- uh, uh, what, what do you, colored, Negro? Um, Listen here, man. Look, you're the greatest city in the world. It's... Now, this here city is a piece of crap. It's a dumb. Don't you be lying to the people. You're lying. Don't be lying, crack-ass cracker. You think we stupid? You think we stupid? We know. We know that in a hurricane. That was, that was five years ago we had a hurricane. Shut up. We're going to play some football. So you're a Saints fan? Hell no. I like the Miami Dolphins. But, you know, they ain't in it. So I guess I'll root for the Saints because they're here and... I don't like white people. Minnesota got a white quarterback. Well, there you have it, folks. Shut up! Hey, Drew Brees, he a brother at heart. Shut up! As I blast your ass. Well, there you have it. The Saints, the team. There you go. He's he's a passionate fan. Vikings fans really aren't passionate. They they're frozen and they're cold at heart. But the warm-hearted folks and the southern hospitality that's been brought here, that's why, that's why, yeah, it's like everybody, I, I just threw some beads and these nice women, well, some of them were quite obese, actually, but they just flashed me and I thought that that was, that that was wonderful. And my pants, my pants did get tighter. There was a little microphone in my pants, quite honestly, a, a fleshy microphone. Um, I, but I'm, I'm telling you right now, it's, I don't even know. I, <clears throat> I can't stand, I, I don't want to hear that story. Personally, I think for a Super Bowl matchup, it would be great to see Brett Favre and, and Peyton Manning. From just strictly a matchup perspective, you're talking about two of the best quarterbacks of this generation going head-to-head in the Super Bowl. And really... Those are, you're talking, again, two very good offenses and two very good defenses going against each other. Whereas if the Jets are in the Super Bowl, it's going to be a snoozer. And the Jets win three to nothing in what was potentially the worst Super Bowl of all time. I fell asleep uh, while doing the color commentary on this. Uh, and and uh, listen, you know what? I quite... I'm talking to nobody because I slept all the way through the post game. It's two in the morning. Yeah, the fans, the fans are still 
we've secretly replaced these crappy Super Bowl teams with the Minnesota Vikings and Indianapolis Colts. Let's see if anybody noticed. I was supposed to give some analysis here of of why I think the uh, the Minnesota Vikings win by three touchdowns. This this the 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 line right here, the point spread plus three and a half. That's not plus three and a half points. That's plus three and a half touchdowns. And should be minus three and a half touchdowns because the the Vikings are going to score. They're going to beat the Saints by three touchdowns. Again, we're talking about uh, overwhelmed. Did you see the way that the Vikings defense handled? Oh, the vaunted Cowboys. Oh, Tony Romo, the greatest quarterback of this decade. Or any day. He's the greatest quarterback. If Jesus came down to play quarterback, he would take lessons. He would be he would be the second string to Tony Romo. I swear, all I heard Joe Buck talking about last, it was Tony Romo this. It was Tony Romo love. And it was Brett Favre love. I mean, that's that's really all they were talking about was Tony Romo and Brett Favre. And listen, I feel a little dirty. I understand. I know most Viking fans who are real Vikings fans are probably feeling a little bit dirty that you have to root for Brett Favre here. Even though he's your quarterback, and look, he's he's had a, a phenomenal year and everything, but part of me does feel a little bit dirty because, after all, he is a Packer. Yeah, he was, I know, he was drafted by the Falcons. I understand. I get it. But really, he's a Packer. And if he wins the Super Bowl with the Vikings, he's still a Packer. Yeah, he's done something. I don't know. Still, though, I'm pulling for the Vikings here. And I'm taking the Vikings plus the three and a half points. Really, I would give the analysis and the injuries and all that stuff, but I just don't feel like it. I'm just telling you right now, my analysis is simple. Yeah, the Saints put up 45 points. On the Arizona Cardinals, the Packers put up 45 points on the Cardinals. I'm pretty sure that the way the the Cardinals defense is banged up, no Antrell Rule, no Dominic Rodgers-Camardi, you had Brian McFadden playing with one arm, and you had guys just getting beat left and right on the defense. You had guys out there that no one had ever heard of, even true Cardinals fans never heard of half of these guys. And uh, they're out there trying to play defense. I'm pretty sure that USC would have loved to have lined up against the Cardinals last week. So it's one thing to score 45 points against the Cardinals. It's another to play a defense that leads the National Football League in sacks. That we're talking, these guys, they come after the quarterback. They show you all kinds of different schemes. They don't just have, they have all kinds of blitz packages they're coming after the quarterback a lot. And that's the thing. And that's, you have to take a page out of how Dallas beat the Saints back in uh, week 14. Dallas uh, did a lot of blitzing. Uh, they really came after Drew Brees. They, they tried to get to him early. And what you do when you do that is you make uh, Drew Brees, you, you have him second guess just a little bit so he can't get to some of those so he, before he's uh, before he thinks about throwing downfield, he's watching. He's listening for those footsteps that are coming up on him. It's that momentary hesitation because he doesn't know if he's going to get blindsided or not, and that can be just enough to to either have uh, ineffective passing game 
or for a guy to think a little bit too long and wind up eating the football. And I think that's what's going to happen here. I, I really think that the, the Minnesota defense is just going to be too smothering. I know I'm sitting here. I'm kind of, I'm half kidding when I say I, that the Vikings are going to win by three touchdowns. I, but I, I really do think that they're going to win here um, uh, straight up and um, probably in a close game. I'm, I'm going to go with something like uh, 27 to, I'm going to go, I'm going to say 27, 20. And uh, I think that uh, they easily cover. They, they, they'll go for that. That plus three and a half, that's a lock. Don't even worry about it. Spend the money like you already made it. <clears throat> so that's, uh, and then of course that, uh, at least according to me, like I said, I still think probably the Colts win the game against the Jets. But I am, I'm taking the Jets with the points. So given that, I, I do believe a Colts-Vikings Super Bowl is on the horizon. And that would be the best Super Bowl in, in a matchup sense. So that's what I'm looking forward to, and that's what I want. And quite frankly, um, that's what I am going to get. That's right. I just said it. I don't mind telling you. I control these things. All right. Anyway, it's about that time of the week, folks. It is time for the top 10 songs in the world of CHR Pop. These are the top 10 most played songs on top 40 radio stations across the country. Um, official radio airplay data provided by MediaBase 24 7. Uh, Why do we do this every week? Well, because it's just fascinating to see what uh, what the kids are listening to. What the hell is so popular? All right, let's see. I gotta pull up my uh, gotta pull up my pop chart. You know, the other thing is every we play this uh, for, as the theme for this segment every week. When you sit here and listen to this song, man, this song really sucks. I mean, <laughs> it's it's horrible. Talk about. But you know, this is still better than anything that's on the chart this week. Am I wrong? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, Jeff's favorite song. Is it still on the chart? That's the question that everybody wants to know. And uh, yeah, by the way, in case you wonder, yeah, Jeff is uh, Jeff is in studio, not on mic, but in studio, uh, feverishly playing WoW. All right. All right, here we go. At number 10 this week, uh, we have a new entry onto the onto the chart. At number 10, it's Rihanna featuring Jeezy. No, not Jay-Z. Jeezy, J-E-E-Z-Y. Apparently, his brother. Yeah, man, I own, I own part of the Nets, too. By the way, speaking of, just before before we go any further, 
since uh, Jay-Z does uh, own part of the Nets. Man, are the Nets terrible or what? They just came in here the other night. They're playing the, uh, they play the Suns and uh, the Nets are now three and 38. This is something we have to have stat tracker on this. So they're halfway through the season, 41 games into the season. They've won three games. They're three and 38. The New Jersey Nets. The 1972-73 Philadelphia 76ers went 9-73. and 73. That was the worst team in NBA history record-wise. This New Jersey Nets team has a very... They are on pace to only have six wins. That doesn't even seem possible. How do you play an 82-game schedule and only amass... Six victories. That is, that's just, I mean, you actually have to try to only win three games out of your first 41. And imagine the, the effort. What I want to see here, I want to make sure, listen, this is just a special, I know we're supposed to do the pop charts, so just hold on one second. I just have to say to anybody that's associated with the New Jersey Nets, players, coaches, listen. I want you to understand something. I, I really need you guys to focus here. This, this is an attainable goal. What I want you to do, just remember, as soon as you start to think that you've got some heart, you've got a little bit of skill, if you're starting to think, you're starting to get your confidence, a little bit of swagger, maybe you're in a game and you're starting to get the lead, remember, remember, you suck. Just reach down deep and, and, and just remember to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. It's not that difficult. All you have to do is remember to not try. And really, you have to just, every time you think you're about, you're, you're wide open for a shot, just think, I don't have what it takes to be in the NBA. And if you, I don't want to hear this loser talk about getting motivated and showing some pride and rallying around our coach. I don't want to hear any of this. That's winter talk. We don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear about closed door meetings. I don't want to hear about, uh, you know, look, uh, we're just going to go out and play loose. No, play, t play so tight that if we shove a lump of coal up your ass, we'll get a diamond in a week. All right. I, I want you to make sure you go out there and you play. Don't play with a chip on your shoulder. Play like you're 38 and three. You know, go out there and, and understand. Understand that. You don't need heart. You don't need intangibles. You don't need fundamentals. This is a game about shooting from half court. This is a game. This is a game about flagrant fouls and 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 understanding the little things like missing free throws at key times of the game and uh, and and clock mismanagement and. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many things. Stepping on the baseline when you're trying to inbound the ball. These are things that you need to be doing. You've been doing a great job so far. And I here at the Michael Groff Show, we, we commend you for this. 
We salute you on your incredible start to the season. Three victories. Look, I mean, nobody's imperfect. But you have really, you have really risen, uh, lowered yourselves to a standard rarely seen. The, the 2008-2009 Detroit Lions are proud of you. You know, the 1976 Tampa Bay Bucks are proud of you. And we're proud of you. Bums on every street corner. If they knew who you were, they'd be proud of you. You know, if they weren't too busy being concerned with, you know, eating or getting booze. So just remember, you've got it in you. Just suck a little bit longer, a little bit more. Just like a $40 hooker. Just take it. Understand your role in life. Accept it. Get beaten around. It really is. They really are like hookers. And if you see a team like uh, that, that you think is a winnable game on the schedule, remember, remember, don't show any heart. Lay down. I don't want to hear this effort talk. Si se puede, no. I don't want to hear that. All right. That's my motivational speech to the New Jersey Nets. I just had to give them a shout out because, well, they are 3-38, and 38, so... We want to see that record. Remember, here on the Michael Graff Show, we, we either, we commemorate excellence and we commemorate the exact opposite of excellence. If you're perfectly sucky, beautifully, if you were just god-awful, I, I'm going to commend it. If you are setting records for your level of sucktitude, your incompetence has gone to where few have ever seen such incompetence before. Well, I guess then, for example, if you're like the tech support at Quest, we commend you. Anyway, all right, so uh, that's that. It was getting back to the pop chart. Uh, it's uh, Rihanna and Jeezy at number 10 with Hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would I be out of line to say we now know why Chris Brown smacked Rihanna? Yeah. He, she, <laughs> she started singing this song to him. Oh, she even says her name in the song. Now. Michael Groff. So I can do that. Strangely, I'm not. But this is really bad. All right, so that's Rihanna and uh, Rihanna featuring Jeezy, which is Jeff says Jay-Z's brother. At uh, number... 
At number 10 this week on the pop chart with um, Hard. All right, and then at number nine, it's Boys Like Girls featuring Taylor Swift. Two is better than one. So maybe it's true. Okay. Horrible. All right, number eight. Oh, Jeff. Jeff, here it is. This is your song. As Jeff's, this is Jeff's tune right here. We were at a, we were at a, uh, we were at a, an IHOP today, and this song was on. Luckily, his ears were so full of crap because he's been sick. He's got the SARS or H one N. He's got something. I don't know herpes. He's got something. Anyway, his head's full of crap, so he couldn't hear it. But uh, this song now follows him everywhere we go. It's uh, Fireflies, Owl City, number eight. Oh, this is, man, what a great song this is. You would not believe your eyes if 10 million fireflies lit up the world as I fell. And now, Jeff's favorite line in this entire this entire song here. Cause I get a thousand hugs from ten thousand lightning bugs as they tried to teach me how to dance. Jeff will just randomly sing that. Like, well, we were hanging out at IHOP or we were just hanging out someplace and, and Jeff just randomly blurts that out. Disco ball is just hanging by a thread. Thread. A great tune. Gay people think this song is too gay. Just a crack. Please take me away from here. My, this. Oh, hold on. We have actual audio. Hold on a minute. Listen. Listen very closely. That was my heterosexuality running out of the room. I've never gotten this far into the song, so.
right, anyway. I'd like to make myself believe that planet Earth turns slowly. That way, oh, I, I guess that's what that means. So yes, we could fly off of, if, if, if the planet turned a little slower, that'd be just, that'd just be a nice little, you know, break away from the laws of physics and we could all be, okay. All right, uh, meanwhile, uh, another pretty bad song at number seven is Jason Derulo. Another one of those dudes that says his name in the song. We've kind of gone through this and we've played this seemingly every week. This is one of those, another one of those wimpy R&B tunes. This is What You Say. I hit the post right there too. I'm awesome. All right, and then it's the awesome trio of uh, uh, Jay Sean featuring Sean Paul and Lil John. With Do You Remember at number six. Hey! Hey! Jake Sean! Jake Sean! Jake Sean! Jake Sean! Jake Sean! Jake Really, they're all these are all pretty uh, homosexual friendly songs. Listen, not that there's anything wrong with being homosexual. I'm saying the pop chart is geared for you. If you're gay, you've got to love the music that's out right now. This is like, I mean, from a from a um, a melting pot sort of standpoint. You gotta love the music that's out right now because it's it's bringing cultures together. Like remember when Def Leppard was on the chart and Motley Crue and a lot of those eighties, but a lot of those you know bands like that actually had real instruments and stuff. You might have heard of these things called guitars and pianos, and they actually had these real instruments. Anyway, um, you know that wasn't exactly gay friendly music, but now. Whether you're in San Francisco or San Antonio. Manhattan or Minneapolis. Horrible. All right, so there you go. That's number six. Uh, do you remember? All right, number five. This song, horrible as well. It, they... Look, they're all bad. They just get worse and worse. And speaking of New York, this is New York State of Mind. It's it's Jay Z. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah, I'm out that Brooklyn. Uh, now I'm down in Tribeca, right yeah. next to the narrow. But I'll be uh, forever. I'm the new Sinatra. And since I made it here, I can make it anywhere. Yeah, they love me everywhere. I married Beyonce. Before that, she with my fiance. Owned the New Jersey Nets. Day three and 36. Catch me in the kitchen like a Simmons whipping pastry. Cruising down A Street. Off white Lexus. Driving so slow, but BK. I don't drive a Lexus, I drive a Hummer. Just like I gave. Now I live on Billboard. I'm not gonna say that. Little John! See, this needs little John in it. Now, I think I, I got corrected on how to say the following artist's name. At number four, it's David. And I think how you actually say this is, is Gaeta or Gaeta? Ga, Gaeta. Not Guetta, like I was saying. Whatever. It doesn't matter. The song sucks. I mean, he doesn't even deserve his name to be pronounced properly. This is Sexy Chick at, uh, at number four. Oh, this is uh, the song I sound like. Just dance, gonna be okay. Da da doo doo. You just sexy chick. You just sexy chick. Damn, you just sexy chick. Damn, wish I went through seventh grade. Damn, wish I graduated seventh grade. Damn, girl. Damn, Major. Scary. That little rat looking thing just got eight. Yes, I can see you, see you, see you, Cause every girl here wanna be you. Oh, she's a diva, diva, diva. Ayaz, I-Y-A-Z, has number three uh, set up with uh, a song that well, we, we could all say is uh, a little bit light in the loafers as well. This is Replay. Hold on a minute. Come back. Hold on. I got to find my, my penis is running away. The first time we met you was at the mall with your friends. I was scared to approach you, but then you came closer, hoping you would give me a chance. Held a gun to your head, said I demanded your money. Then I was just kidding. I said, come back here, honey. Like something of a poster. Is a damn they say. It's a gun to my hoster. She's running. It's a gun to my hoster. See, I'll show you that I'm tough because I'm making gun references in my song, but I'm really not tough about nothings. Okay, but luckily for us, um, number uh, number two. Now, this was the number one song for a couple of weeks on the chart, but how, uh, how quickly things change. Uh, number uh, two now is Lady Guy Guy. She's back, penis and all. Here she is, number two. My favorite song on the chart. It's Bad Romance. Of course, I just, of course, I, I just, I just hit the wrong button. So that's, 
I, I had it all queued up. Here we go. Thank you. This is our male side coming out. Ga ga ooh la la. Every time I I I mean I've seen Lady Gaga and everything, but for some reason I I think in this in the video of this song I think they should just show Janet Napolitano singing this. I think that would be. The visual on that would be stellar. While you're in Morrowind, she's singing about a video game. I gotta, I gotta look up the the lyrics. Hang on. Can't believe I'm looking up lyrics to a Lady Guy Guy tune, but here we go. Bad gonna just layer this myself According to this, and it's hard to find a, a website with the lyrics, and it's not all like, you know, the font all funky, but according to this, the lyrics here are, this is great, the lyrics are, ra, ra, ah, ah, ah. Roma, Roma, ma, gaga, ooh la la, want your bad romance. See, I, I don't know. That sounds okay, but anyway, I'm getting to the point here. I want to see about the part about Morrowind. I want your horror. I want your dis. I want your design. 
Because you're a criminal as long as you're mine. I want your love. Love, love, love. I want your love. I want your psycho, your vertical stick. Want you in my room when your baby is sick. I want your love. Want you in my room when your baby... That's not what it sounds like at all. It sounds like you're saying about Morrowind. Hang on a minute. Now, we're going to investigate. This is important. We have a lot of things. I know we have hope for Haiti and stuff, and and but but we we have to. Uh, this I'm sorry, Lady Gaga lyrics are far more important than a couple hundred. Th- I mean, those people are already dead. This is. That doesn't sound like it at all. I don't. I disagree. All right, anyway, whatever. The number one song, is this, this is really the number one song, honestly? This, this is even worse. This is the worst song of all. Well, I guess it would make sense then that it is the number one song. Since it, it absolutely is the, oh my God, horrible. Okay, fine. Number one on the chart is um, Kesha or Keisha, K-E dollar sign, H-A. Here's uh, don't uh, TikTok. This chick, by the way, I think the thing that you need to know about her is that she was a um, she was a backup singer for Flo Rida. And somebody thought she was so awesome in in her in the way she sang back backing vocals for Right Round. Everybody getting crunk, Jeff. Everybody. And this is a white chick, I should point out. So she was a backup singer on uh, on Right Round. Wow. Yeah. That's what it's, let's see. So she was the one that was singing in the back on this song. Hold on. Let's see. Here it is. Somebody thought that she was so good here that uh, they had to give her her own album. I could I could definitely see her uh, giving her a, an album and having her as number one. I think that's it's a good decision. All right, so that's a look at the pop chart for this week, and uh, as always, uh, brought to you by the degradation of the music industry. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for participating in the uh, in the music biz. And they say there's no good songs. Hold on, let me see if there are any good songs on the pop chart right now. Let me pull the pop chart back up here. Did I just close it? I did. I'm stupid. All right. Um, I'm stupid. You're smarter. I'm stupid thinking there's a way. Um, yeah. Here's my theme song. 
Pop chart. Let's see if there's anything good. We have to go down. Let's see how far we have to go down before we start hitting something uh, halfway decent. Well, number 11, just missing the pop chart, is this uh, tune by Oranthe, According to You, which is like halfway decent. But According to you, I'm stupid, I'm useless, I can't do anything right. According to you, I'm difficult. Thank God we got rid of uh, number 12 is... This song, Britney Spears 3. Taylor Swift 15 is at number 13. That horrible song, Down by Jay Sean, is number 14. Already Gone, Kelly Clarkson. Telephone, Lady Gaga, number 16. Black Eyed Peas, I'm a B is at number 7. Oh, hey, I'm a B. I'm a thing, y'all. So number uh, 17, what else is on here? We got, um, trying to find some Sweet Dreams. Let's see, Cascada, Lady Gaga, Paparazzi is at number 20. Timbaland is at number 21. Still nothing good. Drake, Kanye, Lil Wayne, Eminem, Forever, number 20. Nope. Chris Allen, Live Like We're Dying, number 23. There we go. Okay, you have to go all the way down. Before you get to a, 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 pr- a pretty decent song, actually, what I think is a pretty cool song, you have to go all the way down to number 24. All the way to number 24. Go all the way down there, and here it is. I love this song. A little Shine Down. If You Only Knew. I'm surprised this is even on the pop. Do there are pop stations that play this? I I'm, I'm find that hard to believe, but... What a four seven kiss FM and shine down. What the hell are we playing this for? It's a great song. So you have to go down to number 24. Let's see what else is on here. Justin Bieber, eh, Jason Derulo, Black Eyed Peas, Meet Me Halfway is at number 27. That's a song I, 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 I was hoping that it was a cover of Kenny Loggins. Can you imagine if, um, <clears throat> can you imagine if uh, the Black Eyed Peas did a cover of that song? I think that would be incredible. And Fergie and, um, <clears throat> well, the other dudes that are irrelevant, whatever their names are, uh, Will I Am and whoever. 
<clears throat> doing a cover of doing a cover of uh, of this tune. Here, here you go. Meet me halfway. Yeah, this would be a this would be great if it was this song. But no. Let's see what else. Um, Life After You, Daughtry. That's an all right song. Adam Lambert. Here we go. Oh, goodness. Talk about gay-friendly countdown. Uh, what Do You Want From Me, at number 29. Heaven Can Wait, number 30, We The Kings. Oh, the script, Break Even, number 31. I like that tune, actually. So if you want to find the good music on the pop chart, you just have to go down toward the bottom of it. It's bottom heavy. Just like me. Ooh, I'm nasty. Never Gonna Be Alone. Nickelback is at uh, number 32. 33 is One Republic, All the Right Reasons. Or All the Right Moves, rather. Um, all the Right Reasons. That's a Nickelback album. Yeah. Um, Shut It Down, Pitbull, No. Young Money, never heard of that. Uncle Cracker, Smile, there. Tie Me Down, New Boys, Ludacris, Luda, number 38, Snoop Dogg, 39. John Mayer at number 40 with uh, Heartbreak Warfare. With I Have Songs That Aren't Really Happening Anymore. Poor John Mayer. Dude had Jessica Simpson, and then I think after that, it all went downhill. It was like, uh, didn't he have Jessica Simpson for a while, too? I don't know. I, I thought before Tony Romo, I thought he... I thought it was just Nick Lachey, and then... He had a few hits. I mean, this, this was actually... Um, this was a good tune. So I liked I liked bigger than my body. I thought that was an alright song. Bigger than my body. <laughs> It always sounds, the way the song was recorded, though, I don't know if they recorded it underwater. It just sounded terrible. I mean, that's a direct uh, CD dub right into the library, and it just doesn't sound good. And then um, Clarity was not a good song. Daughters, I was okay with it, but then I heard it 75,000 times. Dreaming with a Broken Heart. That was a song you wrote about losing whatever. I thought it was Jessica Simpson. Could have sworn it was. Then he did a cover of Free Fallen, which... I wasn't, I didn't hate it, but, you know, if you're going to do a Tom Petty cover, it's just dangerous because, you know, Tom Petty's, well, yeah, you're no Tom Petty. I know Tom Petty, sir, and you are no She's Tom Petty. Yeah. Loves your mama, loves Jesus. And there was Gravity, which this song was not very big. 
We played it on our station for um, not very long. I think we played it for a few weeks. There was Say. Say what you want to say. Of, uh, <clears throat> kind of angry uh, tones, but very mellow. Hey, man, that's how you resolve your differences, man. You get angry, but you do it in a way that's productive. Yeah. It's the Jack Johnson School of Philosophy, dude. And you make sure you write a bunch of songs that aren't hits. Then you had Waiting on the World to Change. Not at odd point nine KEZ. Great soft rock, great music if you're in a coma. It's uh, Michael Gruff taking you through the overnight hours. And but for the fact that we play Christmas music on this station three months of the year, nobody would be listening. In fact, you're probably, unless you're dead right now, you're not listening. KEZ. And then he had, uh, there was Why Georgia? And that was, that was like, I think that was the immediate, that was the follow-up to, I want to say that that was um, 2002-ish, 2003. Then Your Body is a Wonderland. Your Body is a Wonderland. We got this afternoon. I don't know how we got into the John Mayer discussion, but oh, because oh yeah, because he's number forty on the uh, countdown this week on the pop chart. Discover me, discover and yell. Uh, your body, it's like a little bit creepy almost. Though. Your body is a wonderland. Your skin. See, if you, if you want to make it really creepy, just pretend he's singing it to an 11-year-old. <laughs> See, I just ruined the song for everybody forever. You know, I like this because I can do extended music commentary. I never could... I always felt that um, <clears throat> it was bad if I did it on the old show, but now I could sit here on the podcast and... I'm like John Jay. I, I forget that we're on the air sometimes. That is a Okay. I ruined the song for myself, too, right there. <laughs> right when I went down the Roman Polanski route with it. All right. Anyway, uh, that's. I think that's it. I think we can get out of here now. Mike at KMGX.com is the email address if you want to uh, participate in that manner and uh, send us any kind of, well, any kind of um, email or contribution because that's also our PayPal account, uh, Mike at KMGX.com. I would really, I would really find it to be 
super spectacular, awesome sauce, and just all around keeners. If you would, uh, you know, donate to our PayPal. Oh, you know, I have to mention this. Speaking of donations. Oh man, where is, uh, where's, where's the music at? Hold on. We have to, we have to, uh, this is, this is very, this is very sad news. You know, in these tough economic times, it's, uh, some people are having to tighten their belts a little bit. Some people are, uh, are experiencing some loss, some hardships. It's even hit the radio biz. And unfortunately it's, uh, it's claimed one of our, uh, it's claimed a network. This is really, I'm bumming out. As you can tell, I even busted out funeral for, for a friend. So clearly I, I'm taking this very seriously. So the Saturday, actually yesterday afternoon, it was announced that uh, Air America, you know, the liberal answer to the conservative-dominated talk radio, like Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity and Glenn Beck, well, they're going off the air. Yesterday was their last day on the air. Now they're... they're um, they're airing repeats until um, until Monday, and then that's it. That's it. I, um, you know, I have to tell you. If I could be very sincere for just a second, now put, putting all the all kidding aside, seriously. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, we all kind of saw this coming, didn't we? Uh, I sort of foretold of this back in 2004 when they were launching the network and they were talking about their, their projected lineup. Look, this is what happens when you have a lot of non-radio people running radio. People say, oh, it had nothing to do with the fact that it was liberal talk. Uh, liberal talk is successful in some markets. Yeah, in some markets, sure. But not all. And, and really, uh, even the markets where it's successful, to them, it's kind of like the Arizona Cardinals. They, they get to the playoffs and they throw a parade for them here. They're ready to say that it's a successful season. See, in the, if you said to, the, to a, a New York Giants fan... All right, if you said, what would you think if you got to the playoffs? You'd be like, well, it was an all right season. But, and then you say, okay, but would you call it a success? They'd say, did we win the Super Bowl? No. Well, then no, it's not a success. So for them, they get a two share and they're ready to call that a triumphant success. Now, for me, I don't know. Maybe this wasn't the appropriate music. I... I think I would go with this, actually. Here we go. <laughs> so, for all of, our, uh, all of our friends at Air America who have found themselves out of a gym... Now, the, the interesting thing is... None of the hosts that I associate with with Air America 
I guess none of them are actually part of Air America. Well, for example, Randy Rhodes, she's syndicated by Premier Radio Network, so she's not going to be affected by this. Stephanie Miller's not going to be affected. Bill Press, not affected. That idiot Tom Hartman, he's not affected. Actually, he's not even the real idiot. The real idiot on that network, uh, or on that group of people, is uh, that Mike Malloy. Ed Schultz, another guy, the guy who said he would cheat 10 times. He would vote 10 times if he could. Well, apparently, Ed, even if you would have voted 10 times in uh, Massachusetts, it wouldn't have mattered. Your candidate still got her ass kicked. I'd vote 10 times. They let me. I don't know if they would, but. Yeah, well, uh, too bad, Ed. But uh, again, he's not affected by this. Because they're all they're all either syndicated individually or they're syndicated through another company like Premier or whatever. So while this is sort of a sort of a triumph for common sense people that just think that you know, in in all seriousness, it's not even I don't even care that it's it's radio that I don't agree with. It's it's the fact that it's just it's bad radio. It wasn't entertaining. See, at the end of the day, what you have to remember about radio and the thing that you have to understand about anything when it comes to talk radio or what this is, radio is, it's showbiz. Yeah, it's, it's just like TV and movies. It's just a lower rung of showbiz for most people. And in showbiz, if you're not entertaining, you're not there anymore. You're not there. You're gone. If you can't draw an audience, if you can't pull a number, or if you're not bringing in the bacon... See, Don Imus, Imus can get away with having a, a low-rated show. And you know why? Because for some reason, he... I don't know if he has some naked pictures of some high-dollar clients or something that, that advertise on his show. He must have something. Well, uh, if, you, if you don't take that, that GM uh, advertisement and put it on my show, Imus in the morning, I'm going I'm to take, take these pictures I got of you and uh, we're going to put them out there. I'm going to show you, I'm going to show them that, uh, that, that, you're, that you secretly hate the dark people and, 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 and that's, that's what we're going to do. 57 degrees, Imus in the morning. Old Mumblemouth there himself. He, I don't know how he does it with a, with a two-share, but... He's doing it somehow. Unreal. Unreal. All right. So, uh, yeah, so Air America out of here. They're going dark uh, completely on Monday. But a lot of those shows that you've come to know and love that are on, uh, that are a part of Air America, they're still going to be around. I shouldn't say that you know I was part of Air America. But shows that are a part of you know, liberal talk. There's still a lot of liberal talk out there. So if you're still looking for liberal talk, you can still, first of all, you can still find it on Sirius, for example. You can, uh, some of your local stations will probably be carrying some of those syndicated shows like Randy Rhodes. I don't know why they would. I, I Honestly, I, I look at the ratings for it in this market in Phoenix, which is a, it's a big market, okay? Air America, or whatever you want to call it, uh, the liberal talk station in this market gets its ass kicked. It, gets, it doesn't even show up or it does barely. It, it shows up as a 0.6 or a 0.8 or a 1.0. And they're, honestly, if you attack their ratings, people go, oh, well, that's actually a pretty good number. A pretty good number. 
what are we setting the standard that you, the same standard that you set for drawings of like a five-year-old, like a five-year-old comes to you and he has a picture and, and, and yeah, well, I guess, I guess so. Libs and, and five-year-olds do kind of have the same intelligence, I guess. That was, those are Jeff word, Jeff's words, not exactly mine. I, I think liberals are more like seven-year-olds, quite frankly. Jeff's a little harsh. Regardless, though, in all seriousness, I mean, yeah, it's like they come to you with a picture. It's like, you don't know what the hell it is. It, it might be a house. It, it might be a picture of Elvis. You're not really sure, but you tell them that it's good and you put it on the refrigerator and you draw a smiley face on it. You're like, oh, my God, this is the greatest. It is the greatest. What is it? I don't know. Hell if I know. Damn kid might, damn kid might be a, as far as I'm concerned, damn kid might be a mongoloid retard. I don't know. I mean, I, I remember I drew pictures. My, my, it was always a bad sign. My, my parents uh, drew their own pictures and claimed that I drew them. And said, boy, those are actually pretty good pictures. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what's that, what's that over there? Oh, oh, that, uh, <clears throat> um, uh, you know what? Uh, that's nothing. That was something the retarded neighbor drew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, we gave the cat uh, some crayons. Well, that's not bad for a cat. Boy, but if a human had drawn that, boy, it would have been pretty embarrassing. Yeah, hold on. We're just going to throw it away. Cat urinated on it, so, yeah, that's thrown away. Anyway, Mike at KMGX.com. That's the email address, the PayPal address. Michael Graf Show, AOL Instant Messenger. EFNet IRC, want to get in touch with us? Um, <clears throat> well, you can do so there. Um, Net Radio, the channel. And um, what else? I know I'm forgetting something. MichaelGraf.com for all the uh, other relevant information with regard to this here fine show. Wow. All right, it's been a jam-packed edition. I have no idea how long this show even was. I'm going to take a look here. Well, this segment alone has been an hour and 14 minutes. So, uh, we're look, we're uh, it's another one of those shows where we crammed uh, about two hours of material in here. And, uh, well, that's... It all stemmed from the pop chart segment. And they always say, how can you keep the pop chart segment fresh every week? Apparently, we find a way. And I want to thank, um, I, I know I'm going to butcher the guy's name, but Alexander, uh, I always screw this. Hold on. I got to make sure I, I get this guy's name right. Hold on. Because he took the time. Dude wrote me like a novella on Facebook. So I want to make sure that I give him props here. Hang on. I got to pull up my Facebook page. Part of me feels a little bit femme for even having a Facebook account. All right, anyway. Yeah, this dude, um, Alexander Novikov. He's, uh, he's the first listener that I've ever had to this show from Siberia. So 
He listens to the podcast. He's in Siberia. And when you're in Siberia, I can't imagine there's much else to do but listen to podcasts. I'm surprised. Well, up here in Siberia, we don't have much else but uh, computer, furnace, snow, and hairy women and podcast. So we listen. But actually, he wrote me a really, really nice um, message here on, on Facebook. So I just wanted to make sure I thanked him for that. All right, we're back next week. We do this Monday through Friday or kind of when I feel like it. It's Michael Groff in exile, as always. I know he's in Siberia, but I'm mentally in Siberia. How about that? Ooh, see what I did there? It's called a, it's called a metaphor. Don't worry, I'm calling a psychologist next week. All right, we're out of here. Have a great night.